suicide. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Almost at the end of July. Thanks for being here. Green and growing on until 9 a.m. on 95.5 WSB. I am your host, Ashley Frasca. You hear me Monday through Friday. Part of triple team traffic in the mornings and Saturday morning. I love being here with you for three hours. And I also love the guy that comes on at the same time every Saturday. <laughs> Walter's Wondering. Walter's Wondering. The definitive questions and answers from WSB's OG Garden Guru, Walter Reeves. I just love you, Walter Reeves. The OG gardener, come on. <laughs> uh, old gangster, old gardener, old school. I don't know what we what we determined old that it guy. stood for. But uh, yeah, so there you are with your theme song. And you know what I might start doing at the end of summer? I might start what? moving you around and let you sleep in a little bit. Because 630 is great Ooh, and all. But then like nice. people in the 7 and 8 o'clock hour are like, oh my God, yeah, I missed yeah. Walter. So they can go back and listen on WSBradio.com and click on demand or uh, Spotify and Google Play where they can listen back to the show, but it is a treat for people to be able to hear you live here in this first hour. I won't argue with you if you move me around. <laughs> yeah, and you get to sleep in a little more. Hey, I'm always thinking of you, okay? Um, so, <laughs> this one, this is a great one, and people have maybe a pen and paper handy, because this is a question we get a lot. Um, and listener Ralph, a couple weeks ago, kind of brought it to, to top of mind for me, said, I'm looking for a reasonably fast-growing, somewhat maintenance-free ground cover not too invasive, so no ivy, no vinca, no jasmine. Uh, mostly full sun and really zero foot traffic. So that is something that could just be nice and left alone and, you know, a, a good ground cover for looks and for uh, purposes, you know, on a slope, Walter. And I love that people on the Green and Growing Facebook page kind of came to his rescue. Um, Ed is one that, that weighs in a lot. Creeping flocks. Um, yeah, yeah that was a good one. And then let's see what else. Red sedum. Um, I didn't. He Ralph had done some research on red sedum, dragon's blood, stone crop. I didn't know much about that. Do you? Yeah, watch out for winter. What does it do? <laughs> winter, when it freezes. It dies um, in big patches. So yeah, I don't know how big an area did Ralph want to cover. Did he say? Uh, no, but just based on the picture, um, it, it's quite a. Quite a wide slope. It looks like it's coming down from the street. Maybe I don't know, twenty feet across, fifteen feet across, and yeah, maybe sloping yeah. down eight feet. He could put some seed in there in places if he wants to, but I would not cover the whole thing with red seed because it's going to be a real, real boogaboo to keep it alive in the wintertime. Okay, and then um, I love some of the ladies, Christy and Anne, recommending maybe some fruit. Uh, why not strawberries or creeping raspberry? Obviously, strawberries stay green. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. And there are ornamental strawberries, too. There's one called Pink Panda that I just love, little pink flowers on it. It doesn't have fruit to speak of, but boy, it's really good little ground cover. So Pink Panda, um, Creeping Jenny. Did anybody mention Creeping Jenny? That is and that then, really, like, lime green, bright, bright yeah, light, yeah. yeah, and small leaves. That is a beautiful ground cover. Uh, creeping Raspberry, somebody said. There's another one. I can use that one. Um Let's see, what else? You know, I am sorry that Ralph excluded the one that I think has the most potential for him. Hmm, what's Being that? fast-growing, 
does not require much maintenance, but still it grows full sun and pretty deep shade too. And that is Asiatic jasmine. Uh-huh. I know he said no, no ivy, no bacon, no jasmine, but man, I think he's overlooking a real good candidate if he's not looking at Asiatic jasmine. It will grow everywhere. Huh. It will not require anything more than maybe one mowing a year just to sort of shear down and make it they're all the same height. And it's just a great plant, drought tolerant, deer tolerant, uh, everybody tolerant. It's a great, great growth hover. And I never talked about it when I was doing radio. Now, would that be, you know, in the same classification as Confederate jasmine or because it's Asiatic, something totally different? Yeah, totally different. Okay. I, uh, I need to look that jasmine up. Confederate jasmine is and Asiatic jasmine is something else. Huh. Okay. It's sort of a woody stem to it and... Um, does bloom occasionally, not every year, but sometimes when it does bloom, it really knocks your socks off with a flower scent. It's like the uh, Confederate jasmine does. But Asiatic jasmine, I think, has a lot of potential as a ground cover. And I notice it in more and more commercial landscape plantings around Atlanta. As the commercial people do it, you know they're choosing something they don't have to come back and maintain a lot during the summertime. So Asiatic jasmine, I'm going to pound the drum and Why do the you horn. think that that may be a more recent find why has that been undersold in the past you think things that i know <laughs> some places just don't take off do take off take off sporadically why are, are house plants so popular this in the last year when they've always been around these house plants have always been around but people have only in the last couple of years decided oh house plants they're wonderful let's get some let's pay a hundred dollars for one I don't know. It just is. People's taste changes. <laughs> That's right. And now, uh, Vinca, remind me, what's the other name for Vinca? Vinca Minor and Vinca Major. Or yeah. Periwinkle. Periwinkle, yes. Yeah. yeah. So that, that one's a pretty the, one. That's delicate. I like it a lot. The blue Vinca Minor or uh, small leaf Periwinkle is a fine ground cover. It, too, can, with a, a little maintenance, can get it out of hand, but not terribly out of hand. It's not as as wild and crazy as English ivy, let's say, is. Yeah, I would say the uh, the vines definitely are not as, as thick and, you know, don't attach as as hard as English yeah, ivy yeah, does, for sure. Things, yeah, Now, something, uh, clover is another one. Chris suggested that. That might take a little while, but, but absolutely, clover's good. And bees love it, so it's very uh, uh, bee-friendly. Yeah, that's another one. The white clover that's the perennial clover in Georgia mm-hmm. is <clears throat> it, perennial, but it goes dormant for much of the summertime. So you have a sort of a muddy-looking area with no plants on it for some of the summer because the white clover goes, goes dormant in June through mm, September. Okay. Now, one that I would not recommend, I mean, just me personally, because I, I hate it. I hate it in my <laughs> yard. Um, yeah, like mine slopes down, too, from the street. And so the builder put in uh, creeping juniper, which naturally, uh-huh. you know, usually I think, okay. But it's literally the entire center of my front yard, and it's impossible to keep weeded. And then right. poison ivy has gone crazy in it. It's below an oak right. tree, which means acorns, and many oak trees are popping up in it. And I'm not stepping around in that stuff this time of year because of snakes. It's it's like the most unsightly, ugly thing. And my neighbor actually just walked over the other day. And, I mean, I was just apologizing to him before he even set foot in the front yard. I'm like, oh, please, Larry, don't look at my front yard. This is awful. I, I want it dead. I want it pulled up. But he said that the root system wasn't really deep uh, to where we could probably manage to pull it out ourselves. But, yeah, like I said, can. I'm going to wait till snake season is not uh, so that I can get in there. And the poison uh, ivy is just, like, unbelievable. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's I mean, if you... Have a spot that's not near an oak tree. 
um, and you're not going to have little mini oak trees popping up. Maybe juniper right. is great, but have it slope away from the house, not towards your house. Terrible to weed. Terrible yeah. You're exactly right about weeding juniper. It's stickery. Uh, into the branches that stick you through your pants legs, and they really hurt. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to weed that stuff. Nope. Now, what do you think? Um, I've, I've got two good ones that are nice ground covers in my front yard because it is shaded below that large oak. But um, Rusty's saying, you know, Liriop, uh, monkey grass, yeah. something like that. And there's a difference. Sandra Parrish on the show about a year ago, our news reporter Sandra Parrish, she discovered the difference in removing all of this monkey grass on her mountain property, the difference between the variegated and not, and some spreads and some doesn't. Yeah, there's a uh, Liriop muscari, which is a clumper. And Liriop spicata, which is a spreader. And depending on what you want, you want one or the other. But if you don't want it to spread, don't get Liriop spicata. And so it's named spreading Liriop. It will cover a good bit of ground uh, before, you, before you know it. But Liriop's a fine ground cover. Monkey grass is another name for it. Liriop does a fine job of covering ground. Mondo grass. Heck, I use Mondo grass in the shady parts of my backyard, and it looks great. Mondo, that, Mondo that takes a while to fill in, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, but I've been working on it for two or three years. Well, yeah. It's beginning to fill in solid, and it looks really good when I mow it. That's it is awesome. so lush Deep and so pretty. Green. And you just put pretty. the blade up high, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Get down into it. So Liriope, Liriope's a good one, and, and that's definitely going to yeah. stay green. Um, when you have it in small patches, you know, I like to trim it back by hand just because if the blades start to look a little diseased or get spots on yeah. them or start to yellow, you know, I just grab them in a— a fistful and kind of cut them and of course it comes back great um two that i love um in my yard that have worked a juga and i get uh-huh. pictures of that from folks trying to identify what it is it's that ground cover that has a very purple leaf almost a shiny purple leaf yeah. and it grows purple stalks purple flowers like in the springtime a juga is really pretty and it spreads somewhat somewhat fast for me um and lamb's ear and i have lamb's ear and I've yeah, not found that really stuff. to spread in my yard. It just kind of stays where it's at, but it's so pretty. I think I love the other common name for a jugal, which is bugle weed. Yeah. Why do we call bugle? I guess the flower sort of look like a bugle, like a horn. Maybe. I guess, but yeah. Bugle weed. And there are some big ones, some nice sizes like Caitlin's Giant. There's one variety that grows pretty darn fast. If you've not experimented with Caitlin's Giant. It'll go. It'll it'll spread for you, Ashley. Oh, that's the that's the name for a juga. Yeah, a variety. No, that's okay. the, the variety name. C A I T L I N. Caitlin. Caitlin okay. John. And uh, and lamb's ear for folks that don't know is a really soft green. Ooh, it looks yeah. like a a lamb or a cow's tongue or <laughs> ear in the way that it's sure. shaped, and it's hairy. It's got little white hair, but it's so soft. And every kid in the neighborhood want to pick one, and put it on the cheek, and feel how soft it is. Oh, Miss Preston, let me do it again. Oh, it feels so good. <laughs> I, I've not had a kid approach me yet, but I'll I'll be on the lookout for that. They might. I don't know. They have to get around the poison ivy to get to the lamb's ear. Yeah, so. <laughs> so Juniper lady with that Juniper in her front yard. I don't want to talk to her. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, I am that guy. Yeah. Um, so I bet that you on WalterReeves.com probably have an article that exists somewhere um, with maybe a list of more ground cover ideas. I bet I do, as a matter of fact. I think I the, the word ground cover into the search line on my website, walterreeves.com. 
I bet you'd find a list. I'm doing that right now. And autocorrect corrected me to ground over. No, I did not want ground over. I want to ground cover one word. Bam, there you go. You've got ground cover for banks, um, anything that sprouts, using clover as a ground cover, et cetera, et cetera. I knew it. I knew you would have it. If you write this stuff for 20-some years, you finally you get, you get a lot of stuff on the website that is uh, covered in different ways, different directions. That's why I have so many articles. Some of them are the same, and many of them are different. It's different questions from different people in different situations they have with their clients. Yeah, I mean, some of our best topics come up from listeners like Ralph, who oh, you yeah. know bring something to our attention, and it kind of opens up a great forum, a great discussion for, for other people to benefit from. So this has been great. I really appreciate it, Walter. Um, Next Saturday, the very last Saturday of July, I believe, unless there's more than 31 days, um, <laughs> I think I want to talk to you about perennials. Um, we're seeing some start to fade maybe a little, oh, or yeah. their bloom time's over, and maybe just how to keep everything neat and tidy. Are you game for that? Sure. Good. I'm good for that. Let's talk next Saturday. All right. Have a good Saturday, my friend. Thank you so much. Again, go to WalterReeves.com. Click in, uh, type in ground cover for some great suggestions, some of the things we talked about, or the Green and Growing Facebook page, uh, Green and Growing WSB. Search that on Facebook and scroll back a little ways. You'll see uh, our conversation for Ralph's benefit for him looking for a ground cover. All right. We'll be right back. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. Halfway through the show. Can you believe it? Thanks to Walter Reeves. That was a great conversation about ground covers, and I hope you found some of it applicable to your landscape, something maybe you want to try. 404-872-0750 coming up here on Green and Growing. As promised, you've heard him on the show before, Dr. David Coyle, assistant professor at Clemson University and uh, Forestry and Environmental Conservation Department there. So we've talked about the Asian longhorned beetle. We've talked about a lot of different things as I've had Dr. Coyle on the show. And he's going to answer questions for you, too, about invasive species, about tree health as well. He does a lot of uh, work out in the field as well. So 404-872-0750. And just as excited as I was last week to have guests in the studio, he is here live in the studio instead of being on the phone. So that has opened the phone lines for you. All right. uh, Brought to you by Finley Roofing, the weather update. My computer screen just froze, but I think I have it memorized. Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitt saying today, partly cloudy. You're going to have a mix of hazy smoke and sunshine and clouds, a couple of isolated thunderstorms. Can't rule that out throughout the afternoon. A lot of that hazy smoke coming over from the western uh, wildfires. So maybe sensitive groups need to spend a little more time indoors today. That was certainly an issue yesterday. A high of around 89, low of around 72. And tomorrow, partly cloudy skies, a little bit warmer. Highs in the low 90s and lows around 70. And then, of course, we're going to have a chance for stray afternoon thunderstorms pretty much every day next week. And we'll also be talking to Greg and Decula. I appreciate how patiently he's been holding a question about verbena, something I am definitely willing to talk about. 404-872-0750. Hey, it's Green and Growing. Follow me on the Facebook page. When you search Facebook, Green and Growing WSB, a lot of times I'll recap some things from the show there Ask for your help in identifying flowers. I recently did that for a friend of mine. She sent me a beautiful picture. Kind of looked like a hibiscus, but the leaves were throwing me off. I put it up there, and of course, you all came to the rescue by saying it was scarlet hibiscus, so I was on the right track. But a lot of useful information on the Green and Growing WSB Facebook page. We'll be right back after this.
sight. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Here we are, 7.36 on a Saturday morning. Good morning. It's Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. I have just been really fortunate this Saturday to have been joined by a lot of experts. You heard uh, Chris Shillette, VP of Planning and Design and Construction at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. And we put a garden spin on it. Yeah, it's coinciding with next week's Carathon, where we benefit the Aflac Cancer and Blood Disorders Center. But the green space that's going to be created there in the Brookhaven area for residents throughout the state to enjoy and walking trails is really something I wanted to make you guys aware of and just how socially conscious and environmentally conscious they are in the design of this wonderful, beautiful place in the heart of the city. It's going to be fantastic. And always appreciate Walter Reeves lending his time. You heard him at a little bit different time this morning. Instead of having Walter Wonders at 6.30, moved him up to 7 o'clock. I may play around with that just so that some of you that sleep late can actually hear your old pal, Walter. Okay, now in studio with me, Dr. David Coyle, assistant professor at Clemson University. Go Tigers. I never thought I would say that. It's, um, good. it's good for you to say something <laughs> a little different. Well, and you live kid. in Georgia, so you've really got one leg on each side of the fence. Let's it's be true. Honest. It's true. We have one one kid is an avid Bulldog fan, Connor, and our younger son, Parker, is an avid Tiger fan. Oh, so boy. house divided. Right? And the colors clash. I mean, you can't have red and black and purple and orange all in one place. That's just... Little kids do. They don't, well, yeah, care. they don't care. You're right. No color schemes necessary in their rooms. So forestry and wildlife resource program team, forestry and environmental conservation department. There's a lot that you do. And you have a PhD. That's why we call you Dr. David Coyle. PhD in entomology. Um, you've been with Clemson since what, 2018 maybe? Yep, three so, years. And you've gotten a lot done in three years. I mean, you've you've come up against some really big hot topics, some invasive species that we're going to kind of talk about. Um, But breaking news, one of the things that I really wanted to talk to you about, and I don't know if we've talked about this when I've had you on the show before, Bradford pears. Mm, Um, Tell us why this is a hot topic. I I teased it on social media all week. I was like, find out what's been banned and why. And gardeners are like, there's something that's banned? How does that happen? But Bradford pears, this is huge news in South Carolina. It is, especially for South Carolina, which is not known for banning a lot of things. But what happened was Bradford pear and three non-native Eliagna species will be illegal to sell in the state as of October 1, 2024. Isn't that something? Mm -hmm. So, and, and, you know, I was unaware that there have been things, you know, put on the banned list before, but this may be one that has the highest awareness. Most people, gardeners or not, know what Bradford pears are. They kind of just exploded in the 80s and 90s as a a landscape tree and just got too big for their spaces and the branches are kind of dangerous. They can split and they're just not fun to have around. Yeah, you know, when they first came out with Bradford Pear, it was kind of this perfect uh, landscape tree, right? It's shaped like a lollipop. It's pretty. I'll give it that. Yeah, it is. You know, red foliage. Um, But we learn as we grow is kind of how I look at it. And we've learned since then that it is, you know, it gets to be 20, 30 years old and it just falls apart if you look at it wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, windstorm, <laughs> ice storm, uh, anything really, branches will break. I know a lot of municipalities who have planted a lot of these trees spend a lot of money every year just on cleanup. Right. You know, just cleanup alone. And uh, from a landscape perspective, you know, it. We know now that it can go feral, for lack of a better word. Uh, two Bradford pears can't make a viable seed, but... Any other pyrus, which is the genus, any other 
pollen from any pyrus can make a viable seed on a Bradford, and that's why we have calorie pear, which is what we call that wild one. You see it all over the roadsides every spring. First thing to bloom, white trees, you know, line on the roads. It's beautiful in the spring. It's pretty. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, but it's super thorny. It's really tough to get rid of once you, you know, a lot of landowners and land managers, once they have it in their fields and forests, it's really hard to get rid of because of all those thorns. We've had lots of reports where um, folks with livestock, cattle and horses, if the, the animals get in there, it can really shred their faces, you know, and that type of thing. So it's just not a good tree. There's very little redeeming quality other than it being pretty. And we just decided as a, you know, as our invasive species advisory council in South Carolina, this is something that shouldn't be sold anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and just so we're clear, if you have one, no one's coming to take it from you. <laughs> There's right? no the, tree police. The tree police are not going to come cut your tree down. But uh, you can't buy it as of 2024. You know, we get, we have a, a kind of a drawdown period there to make sure everyone can get education on what they can and can't do, get our inspectors up to speed, that type of thing. Uh, so that is the big news in South Carolina. So in my mind, seeing this from an outsider's perspective, you know, there was a lot of support for it. Like mm-hmm. you said, in the academic community, the the outdoors you know, in, in industry and all of that, people just realizing there's not really very many benefits. But I would imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe the only blowback you would have gotten was from nurseries. Is there a negative impact on any nurseries or are they okay with this decision as well? I, I can't think of any nurseries that were not okay with it. There were, it was extremely high support for this move all around. We did have a couple, you know, some people would write in and say, it's pretty, you can't take mine. That's fine. We're not going to take yours, right? Uh, Pyrus caleriana, which is the species that Bradford pear is, that is used as a rootstock on a lot of other fruit trees. Mm-hmm. We had a little bit of pushback there, but you know, then again, there's other rootstocks that can be used that are just as effective. This was so, a vigorous one, but yeah, there yeah, still could yeah. be others. But there's lots of other stuff, right? So that was really the only only thing we had was some of the the grafting, you know, nursery grafting type of thing for fruit trees. Said, well, hey, it's a rootstock we use, but mm-hmm. you know, we got to move on. There's other stuff to use. So there, there is a drawdown period, like you said, to really educate everybody. And on the homepage for the extension office for Clemson, it's right there. So talk about, and, and you have a face and a presence in South Carolina where you've done talks and, you know, really educating the masses and things like that. But talk about how you really need to get out in the forefront in front of just the general public. And this is almost a campaign, you know, really educating folks on this. It's a big campaign of mine, yeah. I mean, you know, I've run that Bradford Pear Bounty Program up there for this will be the third year this spring. So this is a program that we have where we encourage homeowners to cut down the Bradford Pear in their yard, bring us a picture of you with that cut down tree, (laughs) and we will give you a free native replacement tree. Hey, that's cool. Mm -hmm. So we've had really, really good turnout. It's, you know, we're going to have... One of these uh, events in this fall up in Columbia, there's three scheduled for next spring. So the program is really growing. There's an amazing amount of people that would love an excuse to cut down that Bradford pear. That's what we have found. Everyone wants an excuse. And now that we've given them one, it we, we the trees are gone quick. And you get something for it. Yeah. How cool and is And we that? give you a great native. You know, it's stuff you might not think about, like a bald cypress or a, or a you know, a, a red bud. Do they or get to pick? That, yeah, it's first come, first serve. But wow. we always have about a dozen different things, different oaks, uh, like I said, cypress, uh, beech. Like in it, we kind of, depending on where you are in the state, that helps to dictate what trees are available. We're not going to put something that, you know, might grow in the low country up in the upstate in the mountains or something. Right. But there's always a bunch of different things available. And they're, you know, four to six foot tall trees. They're decent, you know, three-gallon pot trees. So yeah. it's not like it's a little 
seedling your wayward teenager might mow over or something, right? <laughs> right. It's an actual tree that's in there. Amazing. And we've had really good, really good luck with that. And so this is just all part of the program that we're doing up there. You know, we're doing a lot of research on the impacts of cattle repair, you know, from an ecological perspective, how to manage it better with, you know, prescribed fire, herbicides. We're doing all of this stuff. So that's just, it's just one of the things I started when I got there is that a cattle repair program. And this is where we're at. And with forestry health too, you're, you're always looking for the relationships there. So is there any insect or insect family that's going to be impacted in, you know, 10, 20 years from now, as the slow removal process begins of, you know, eliminating Bradford pears, like, is that going to have any negative recourse on something else? I think the only impact is going to be positive. Okay. Because that whole species, Pyrus caloriana, is not eaten by anything, really. Mm-hmm. So if you're a, for, for instance, if you're a birder, right, and you want birds in your yard, every Bradford pear is basically a food desert because nothing eats it. Okay. So, and, and, you know, look at a Bradford pear. Every leaf looks perfect, mm-hmm. right? And that's one of the reasons it's such a, you know, people like it for a landscape tree. There's no pest problems. Yeah. Well, if there's no pest problems, there's also no bird food. And so, you know, they've done studies where they've looked at places that have a lot of these trees planted and you have a lot less birds. Like huh. there's a relationship there. So getting rid of these and putting those native trees back in is going to help everything. Yeah. And do you think that's genetic that some people know the smell? Like in the spring, when those are flowering, some people can smell as they're out walking the dog like, my God, what is that smell? And it's a Bradford pear. Genetically, I don't know. I can't smell it. Oh, good for you. I know. Like, am good I for weird? You. I mean, you're lucky. I, I guess. It's a very pungent odor, that's if you will. So and weird. there's some really descriptive, uh, <laughs> def, you know, th- th- the people are very descriptive with this. Uh, none of them are flattering either. Yeah. So wet socks, uh, moldy something or other, and it gets worse from there. But um, I, some people can't smell it. Yeah, and it's I like, totally wow, can. good for you. I can. Yeah. So Dang it. Oof. So are we going to see you on a billboard, like with your arms crossed in front of you, like Bradford Pear? No. Like, is this going to be a, a big campaign? This is going to be exciting. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I'm on a billboard for the Asian Longhorn Beetle stuff already. Oh, so I definitely I've want to talk to that. you about that. So see, <laughs> so invasive species and talking tree health and forestry uh, conservation with Dr. David Coyle. You've done some fantastic videos when you're out in the field and you're showing people what to look for. I think the latest one that I may have seen was Privet, I think, where you're out identifying it. And like, Oh, yeah, my video. Yeah, video yeah. Rob, yep. So, mm-hmm. I mean... How much of your work is done in the field and how do you know where to go? Like you've got an entire state that you can, you know, go search for things, but how do you all map out where your research is going to be done? Well, you know, before I was at Clemson, I ran a regional forest health and invasive species program. So I'm pretty dialed into everyone across the whole southeastern region. So I just call people. I know I know who to call at this point. And that, honestly, that's half the job is knowing who to call. Mm-hmm. So I can reach out to people at certain wildlife management areas or forestry commissions and uh, and then, you know, in addition, I just get around a lot for my job. So I see a lot of stuff. And when I'm driving down the road, I will make, you know, mental or actual notes like, hey, there's a big patch of this off exit, whatever on the interstate. I've done you know? that too. Yeah. So I've got, you know, always have a notebook in the truck and all that. So, you know, you just kind of acquire, figure out where stuff is and kind of remember where it is. And, and you just file it away for when you need to do it later. So do you have a YouTube channel when you do videos like this? I mean, how can folks see some of your work? It's actually, you know, it's not as academic. Like I can't necessarily 
think that the listeners are going to sit down and read publications. Maybe some of them do when they go to, you know, extension.uga.edu or Clemson's extension page. But like you make it interactive and you make it easier to learn from with these videos. Like, have you centralized all those in one place? Because you should. Oh, I know. So I'm working on a personal website. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm working on that. At this point, a lot of it goes on Twitter and Facebook. That's where a lot of it goes. And then we've got our Clemson extension uh, webpage. Stuff goes on there. But yes, working on a, a centralized drdavecoyle.com webpage. All right. Keep us posted. You're I a better will. man than me because <laughs> I cannot do a website. Like, I just don't have time. If oh, I could I'm, pay some teenager to maintain it for me. Well, I'm paying someone to do it. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. not doing it. Oh, see, okay. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. my admiration just went down a little <laughs> look, more for Look, we're being, we're being honest here. <laughs> All right, 404-872-0750. We've got a call from Betty in Monroe, who we'll talk to in just a moment. Bradford Pears for Farmers. I'm not sure if, she, if she's suggesting that might be a good thing or a bad thing. Allen in Fayetteville, crepe myrtle not growing. We could certainly talk about crepe myrtles a little bit. Oh, and Greg from Decula, question about Verbena. Actually, I'm going to hop in here and talk to Greg from Decula out near uh, the Barrow County area. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Ashley. How are you? I love that you've been so patient. I owe you uh, a sandwich. How are you? <laughs> oh, no, it's no problem. I'm good. I'm good. Hey, quick question on Verbena. I've had some planted in the backyard. It gets a good bit of sun, <clears throat> a good bit of shade. It's been there for probably six or seven years, about 15 feet wide, wow. six to seven feet, you know, um, in, in, in length and everything. But every spring it comes up beautiful, green, nice, beautiful purple flowers. But as the summer continues, it just like all dies off and it looks it looks awful now. You've got sparse green leaves with some purple flowers and the rest just looks like a skeleton. Is there anything that I can do? I thought it was watering. Mm-hmm. So I installed a little drip system. So I'm only watering like twice a week in this heat. And um, it still just looks awful. Well, I've got some good news for you. So you've had them for like six years. And that's that's awesome because they're a great perennial, very hardy. Um, they, they can outgrow their space sometimes, though. So for you, you could trim them back, and that's going to save you probably from the watering issue and having mm-hmm. to really closely look at that. You can trim them back really well, and they'll tolerate that. And also, they have to have well-drained soil. So maybe in the case mm. you know, of making sure they don't stay too wet. Um, and they don't tolerate overcrowding, too. So if that's the case where it's just done so well and it's so prolific now, Greg, overcrowding and poor circu- uh, poor air circulation, that's going to be one of the quickest things to kill it out and maybe, you know, stress the roots a little bit. So if there's a way to thin it but do that kind of major trim back, that's probably going to set you on the right path. Oh, that's great. Now, should I trim? Can I trim in the middle or just trim the edges, cut it back like five feet or can I go in the middle of it and trim some of the middle areas or yeah, does it even matter? I would thin it out. I would thin it okay. out by really going into different spots in the middle of it and kind of thin it out that way. And, you know, of course, it's going to be forgiving. It's it's not going to, to right. punish you when it comes back next spring. It'll probably be a little happier. And the best time to do that trimming? Um, You know, you could do it. I, I would say do it now, but maybe a few weeks back would have probably been best just staying okay. on top of thinning it out. But yeah, you could certainly do it now. I'll do it today. Thank you so much, Ashley. Greg, thank you. Good to hear from you. 404-872-0750. We'll be back. You're listening to WSB. All right, creeping up ever so slowly. 74 degrees, 75 degrees. 
not really sunny out yet. Maybe it will be because we're going to have a mix of hazy sunshine and clouds today. High is going to get up to the upper nine or uh, upper 80s rather. And then there is a chance for a couple of isolated thunderstorms afternoon or early evening. And then tomorrow, partly cloudy, less of a chance of rain, but a mix of sun and clouds again, high of around 91, low of around 73. I don't do this forecast very well. I need to leave this to the experts. So in less than 10 minutes, you're going to hear Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz give you the complete five-day forecast. And this is brought to you by Finley Roofing. So Dr. David Coyle in studio, are you having fun? Always do. This this is fun, and it gets it's, more fun when we have calls. And it's the first time I've actually been in the studio. I feel like we've met, but we totally have not. Because yep. we've just, I mean, I've had you on the program now. I've been on a year and a half, and mm-hmm. I want to say you've probably been on the show two or three times. Uh, yeah, more than that, I think. Yeah. I think we started just when sort of COVID hit. Right. It was one of the first times I was on, because you had just taken over shortly after, you know, you had just taken over, I think. And you reached out to me, which I was so appreciative, appreciative of back then in March or April. I forget what we... What opened our I don't conversation? Either. Yeah, but I'm Something. so glad you reached out because I was like, "Ooh, a knowledgeable expert that I can, you know, develop a relationship with and yeah. bring him on the show." And I mean, that really has turned out well for both of us. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. I love doing this stuff. So, talking about Bradford Pears, and they have been banned in South Carolina. Now, this is going to take a few years to really have an effect, but kind of a social campaign for that. I want to talk to you about the Asian longhorned beetle because mm. you do a lot of work with that. Folks need to be on the lookout. You can actually be a citizen scientist and help spot these because that's a big deal and some uh jumping worm that i asked you about we'll get into that a little bit more i like stuff from uh the listeners and i got that message from jan and so she educated me and you're going to educate us a little bit more on that too sounds good 404-872-0750 your calls coming up it's green and growing on wsb When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.